We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Light ears. Andy Lou recording this at noon on a Labor Day Monday. It is 225 degrees out in the Bay Area right now. Listen, there are no days off for the Light Years podcast. Every week, without fail, two times, three times, five times. It's what we do. Sam, we sit here and all we think about is doing pop. Actually, this is all we do. And I love it. I love the fans. I love the listeners. By the way, before we get started, Sam, we don't say this enough. If you guys do listen to the podcast, love the podcast, subscribe, rate five stars, all that fun stuff. Help us out. Leave a comment. All right. Here we go. Andy Lou, we are three weeks away from Warriors camp. Did you know that? Less than three weeks, actually. Less than three weeks away from Warriors camp. We're getting there. Uh, A couple quick call-outs before we get into today's show. But we are running a survivor pool for the NFL season with our friends over at Run Your Pool. You guys have a few days to sign up. Going to be fun. If you never played a survivor pool, one of the easiest things to do. It's not like having another fantasy team. You pick one game a week. You get it right. You advance. You get it wrong. You're eliminated. And you can only pick a team once. Pretty fun. I think I'm going to win. I'm keeping that autographed Jordan Poole jersey for myself. Might post a picture of me wearing it on Twitter. You know? <laughs> who, did you, who did you go with week one? Are you not telling the, uh, are you not telling the, uh, the listeners? Um, I'm, right now, I'm picking the Niners. But Aww. I might switch it. Like, I'm, basically, I'll be making that decision on Wednesday. You know, All right. All right. I'm going, I'm going Ravens uh, in New York. Against Joe Flacco, revenge game. I know, but come on. I mean, what are we doing here? The Jets are one of the worst teams in the NFL, if not the worst team. Although the Bears are the worst team in the NFL, probably along. That's why I'm going. That's just like hey, I don't want to waste the Niners early. But on the other hand, this is a gimme. It's a layup. Uh-huh. Who knows with the Niners? All right. Well, either way, we've got a couple hundred people in it already. Let's make it a thousand, right? So it's free to sign up. Everybody, get in there and uh, let's get you a and Jordan Poole how- jersey. Yeah, exactly. Autographed, authentic Jordan Poole jersey. Um, One other programming note, we're going to be doing another rewatch on playback this Wednesday. Last week was really fun. Um, They've been really fun all week, to be honest with you. So if you haven't done it, join. I think we're going to do another one without TV auth. I found a couple free versions, so anyone can come in. It should be a good time. Uh, Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, last week was the best one because we got, we got to see a version of, I think, the Warriors that we haven't seen in a long, long, long time, the 2016 right, version. 2016, yeah. Yeah, Steph looks a lot quicker. Draymond's actually shooting a three here and there. Uh, Clay looks looks great, right? So it's always Andre looks like he's 
22 years old. Um, so it's cool to see a younger version of the warrior. So we'll see what we're going to do on, on Wednesday, but um, they're always, they're always good. We got like three more of these before the season starts. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so this week, so we're, we're less than three weeks away from camp starting. And honestly, I feel pretty optimistic about the warriors chances this year. Um, hmm. There's a lot of storylines to get to, but I kind of wanted to start off our preseason preview series, which is what we're going to call it for the next six weeks. Um, uh, top three reasons the Warriors will repeat and top three reasons the Warriors won't. So I've kind of thought about it. And these are kind of the reasons I think the Warriors will repeat. We'll start with the positive. Uh, Mm -hmm. If you guys don't want any negativity, just want to live in a world where everything Warriors is amazing. Joe Lacob is God, whatever. uh, You can turn it off halfway (laughs) through. Um, So my top three reasons why the Warriors will repeat. So I'll start with number one. Um, now I'll do my three, then you do your three. Okay. okay? Okay. All right. Well, number one for me is continuity. Um, they are returning the top six in the core. Obviously, they lost GP2 and Otto Porter and Bielitsa. Um, Dante, we'll see. Um, Jamichael, feel a little better about, you know. But in general, the six players who matter the most, the players who played the lion's share of the minutes in the yep. playoffs, are back. Steph Curry's back. Draymond Green's back. Clay Thompson is back. Andrew Wiggins is back. The loon dog is back and Jordan Poole is back. I take that sit that top six against anyone in the NBA top six. There may be some teams who have a better top two or three, or there may be some teams where you like the way they look, but in terms of six guys who are going to play over 25 minutes, probably over 30 minutes. And like your top three are playing 40 minutes in the playoffs. Like that's 90% of your playoff rotation right there. If they get to the playoffs healthy, you got to feel pretty good about it. it's crazy to me that Looney's included in the top six. He should be. I'm not saying he shouldn't be. It's just it's just crazy to me because I think we sit here a year ago, we would have never said that. Even in our wildest predictions, optimistic predictions, I think you were a little bit more optimistic than me last year. And I don't think either of us were saying, like, Kevon Looney's going to be a top five, top six player. Top five player, actually, on the Warriors uh, for championship and just, team. And just a reliable playoff player against anyone. That's that's the thing anyone, that, that, that amazes me. They, there's no matchup where you're like, yeah, Loon, hmm? Loon's not playing in this series. He's um, he's able to play against everyone, and it's pretty pretty damn cool. There's, there's no like, Zaza, we got to sit you, brother. Like, you're done for the series. Or Andrew Bogut, you're done for the series, right? Yeah. Um, how many centers have we seen through the years? And then all of a sudden, it's like, Kevon Looney, you're getting your 20. Regardless, you know what? Even in the biggest moments in the season, Draymond, you know, take four minutes. We're, we're going to keep Looney in there because that's just how good he's been. Uh, do or die game, game six at home, Memphis. Let's get Looney back in the starting lineup, 22 rebounds, right? So I think I'm with you. Continuity, top six returning. It, the thing is, like, to me is versus any other six, they are battle tested. I think when you talk yeah. about when you talk about I, I'm thinking specifically the Clippers, the Nuggets, the two teams that I think in the Western Conference, everyone's saying has the talent to beat the Warriors, which I actually don't disagree with. Or but if even, you're talking about. Yeah, even Memphis and Minnesota. Like, like the Lakers, younger yeah, teams, all those. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Those two, too. New Orleans. Right. But when you talk about guys that we just saw win the championship and play, we saw Jordan Poole play very well in Boston. Right. Andrew Wiggins do the same thing in Boston. Um, I don't think there's any other team in the league that has that right now. No, and the way the Warriors play, um, 
it's so kind of read and react and intuitive. Continuity matters. The more they play together, the more that the better they get, the faster the ball moves, the faster everything happens. I actually think continuity is incredibly important because half of the league is switching half their roster every year. Every you know month. what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's like Boston Look at the Lakers. Part of the reason Boston got over the top, like most of that core had been together for an extended period of time. They're young, they're improving, but like, you know, Al Horford, Tatum, Smart, Brown, those guys have played together for a while. So there's a level of, of you know, comfort and, and uh, continuity there too. So I actually think continuity is a little underrated in the NBA right now. So I think that works to their advantage. Okay. Number one, I'm with you on that. What you got for number two? My number two is depth. Um, it may seem counterintuitive because they lost their seventh and eighth man. But when I'm talking about depth, I'm talking about depth to get through a regular season. And to me, Jordan Poole hmm. might be the biggest godsend this franchise has gotten since Kevin Durant left. Um, hmm. Jordan Poole allows them to play Steph 60 games instead of 80. Jordan Poole allows them to play Clay Thompson 60 games instead of 80. Those guys with healthy legs in the playoffs, like it, they get to – it's like the Spurs back in the day. They were able to rest Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, those guys, and it paid off in the playoffs because those guys were still as good as anyone. Um, having a young, budding star guard who's 23, who is frustrated he doesn't get to play 48 minutes because at that at this stage, he's not tired. He doesn't have those issues. I think that's one of the most underrated qualities that this team has. Like we can, Steph can sit a back-to-back -back against 50% of the league and they should expect to win because Jordan Poole can probably carry the offense and do enough stuff there. Um, My slight pushback on that is that's one guy. So how do you feel about when you say depth, though, the rest of the guys that aren't oh, veterans, right? So I think they got a lot of really good minutes about out of Kuminga last year. Okay. Not playoff minutes, but regular season minutes. I see no reason why he can't contribute in the regular season okay. again. I do think... Okay, Dante is a different player than GP2, and it's to be seen if he can impact the game in the playoffs the way GP2 can. But I feel very comfortable with a healthy Dante playing 20 minutes per game and being a positive regular season player. Okay. I feel very good about Moses Moody taking a step and being better than Damian Lee was last year. Um, the The only question really is kind of the front court a little bit. Like, will Wiseman stay healthy? Right. right. Um, but honestly, there's a lot of minutes to be had in the regular season. If you're talking about him playing 15 minutes a game off the bench against second units, there's no reason he can't do a JaVale did for this team by midseason. I don't – the playoffs are going to be those top six guys, plus hopefully like Dante or someone pops. But in the regular season, I actually think they have enough talent to do that thing where Draymond gets a night off, Steph gets a night off, Clay gets a night off here and there. And overall, they still have enough to to win, which was something they didn't have in the first iteration of the dynasty where, um, yep, where basically if core guys sat, you're like, L, you know, yeah, like yeah, yeah. this team, I think, can like, you know, if, if they're sitting clay against the Sacramento Kings win, they're sitting Steph the following night against the um, Utah Jazz, they should win. And and that sort of stuff, like they, they really do get to kind of be like the uh, the Spurs in the later part of, um, you know, the, the Spurs. Of, of like, their, yeah. yeah, exactly. With a higher so, ceiling. Do you think, let me ask you this then, do you think they're going to be a better regular season team next year? Uh, I do. Than, la than last year, you think so? 
I do because Clay has a full off season. I think I it's easy to forget Clay played 35 games and Draymond played 40 games. Those guys and Clay was off of an injury. Clay should be better this he was, year. He wasn't very good the first month. We no. love Clay, but he wasn't and, very and good. Any way you want to slice it, it threw everything off. Like Jordan Poole is starting. That, that's the now biggest not, one. Yeah. That's and the then, biggest one. And then they yep. were missing Draymond for half the season. In theory, those guys don't miss as much time, particularly if you're proactive. Like if they play 60 games, that's still 30 extra games of Clay and like 15 extra games of Draymond than what you got last year. That alone makes you better. I think they're, I think they're in a position where as long as no one has a knock on wood, horrendous injury, which rules them out for an extended period of time, um, they should be able to churn 55 wins. 53 last season, uh, 55 this season, barring what you just said. I mean, uh, combined with what you just said, I think 55 is pretty fair. I think 55, maybe even in the upper 50s uh, with all with all best case scenarios. Uh, I think it's pretty fair. I think that's pretty fair. But I, I, it depended on the growth of the, the young guys as well. Okay, I think I, think I like that. Yeah, I mean, there's two questions. Can the young guys give them minutes as 7th through 10th men? I think yes. That's my now, the, biggest question. The real question is, can they can they actually take a step and live up to the lottery hype yes. and push yes. through in a year or so? And yes. I, I don't know, but for next year, I'm not sure that matters. That's more okay. of a question of like... How is this team going to look as Steph and Clay and those guys like really age? You know, yep. like will there be an will there be a Kawhi to carry the mantle or will they have to reset? You know, I, I think it helps that Angel Wiggins is still on the team for someone like Kaminga, where it's where it's not Kaminga. Now you got yeah. Now okay. you've got to do now you've got to do this. Now you've got to defend. Now we're relying on you really to win these games with Wiggins. It's I mean you know it, it took a year or so right, but now we're sitting here and we're saying you know what Angel Wiggins is a winning player. Um, in the regular season and the postseason, you can rely on him for 82. Um, yeah. No. And he's and, and you bring up a good point. Like he he doesn't get tired and he's very healthy. He's you can throw him like uh it's like it's like Jordan Poole. Like it's yeah, it's weird when he sit like he's gonna probably sit a couple of games here and there just because it's a long season, but like I'm not particularly concerned about his durability or needing to rest him. You know? Contract year for both of those guys, too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, my last one before I kick it to your three. I don't think anyone else in the league has massively improved. I think Denver's getting back Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And that should make them, that should take them from a play in level team to like a higher level West team. Um, and KCP is a nice pickup for them, but I think they still have the same questions they had before that. Interesting. Um, the Clippers, the, Cl- the Clippers, um, I mean, be healthy. I don't, I, I just don't know what to get from them on the Eastern side. I'm not sure anyone significantly improved. I, I assume Boston will be better because they're mostly young and they, they're just, they're going to internally improve. Um, but I don't see a massive juggernaut here. So as long as the Warriors stay healthy and go through the season smartly, um, I feel pretty decent about their chances. You know, the Memphis the Minnesota's of the world, they're very interesting, and I think they can be very good. But to date, I haven't seen any of them take like a uh, a Warriors type step in 2014 or 15, or like a Miami Heat where you're like, oh, these guys are next, that type of thing. You know? Well, yeah, the Miami one. I, I, that's I think that's the point is these guys. I think if Memphis, Minnesota, uh, New Orleans, if they take a step they get to maybe the Warriors level. It's not that they are at the Warriors level, so they take a step. Now they're easily the best team in the NBA, right? So I think that's fair. 
I think the other point I think with the Clippers especially is that you're relying on them to be healthy. It has been pr- to get to the Warriors level. It's already been proven that the Warriors have are healthy. And if you were to bet on a team that's going to be healthier and better this season, you're going to take the team that's just won a championship. That now Clay is two years away from his injuries, right? Um, there's I don't think there's a team with the upside to say we are by far the best team in the NBA. I can't think of a team other than obviously the Warriors that has that upside. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's they're they're in good position. There's some really interesting teams here, but it doesn't feel like there's a juggernaut on the block waiting for them yet. Um, okay, those are my three. What are your three? Uh, I went with specific players. So the first one for me is the most obvious one. Uh, Steph is still Steph Curry on offense. More importantly, Draymond is still Draymond on defense. Uh, if we remember the beginning of last season, Draymond was defensive player of the year by a pretty large margin. Uh, for for yeah, he looked uh, like prime Draymond through through uh, New Year's Day when the back yeah stuff, before yeah. his back gave out, he was pretty easily the best player in the NBA. So I'm curious to see what he looks like. But if the Warriors are going to win a championship, this is I mean this is the easiest thing. It's Steph is still Steph. I think we're pretty you and I are pretty confident on that. I have some question marks in terms of what Draymond will be health health wise. But if Draymond is still Draymond, like he looked in game, the last time we saw Draymond was game six in Boston. He looked like Draymond in the beginning of the season. So if that's still the case, they're the best team in the NBA, pretty clearly. Yeah, yeah. All right, what's number two? Uh, Jordan, so this one is is uh, four players for me. It's Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson, take a leap, or a step forward. So with Clay, that one's pretty obvious, right? Two years, coming off injury. He's actually working out in the offseason. He's not actually rehabbing anymore. He's going to look like 70, 80, 85% of the version that he was that we saw in 2019. Good. Jordan Poole, I think he's taken a leap pretty much every offseason. So if you're if you're going to talk about a guy that's the hardest working her worker on the team that has stuff you can actually improve on, can Jordan Poole become a better decision maker? Can he lead the bench unit in, in impactful minutes, not just against the Spurs on a Tuesday night, but can he be good enough to win these games against the best teams in the NBA? Can he just drag him across a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves in a regular season game? Not that I don't think he can do it, but it's that can he start doing it consistently like your version of, of Steph Curry, right? So that's a guy that I think takes that next step forward because uh, I don't think people talk about that enough. Everyone's like, everyone's like, oh, uh, is he going to get a big contract? Yeah, he's going to get a big contract. But what type of contract is he going to get? Because if he takes another leap, he's taking way more than $100 million, right? We're talking about at least $110, $115, $120 million Um, for Jordan Poole. If he, yeah, if he takes another leap and he might even get that today, like he, I don't, I think he's getting more than a hundred today. So if he takes another leap, Anthony Simons got four years, 100 based off of one year where he one put year. up 18 points per game on a last place team. Please do not tell me Jordan Poole is not getting way above that. You know, <laughs> So not just a contract, but that he's just going to be a much better player. So I think those are the two guys that I, I'm pretty comfortable saying those guys are going to be better. Um, the next two are more projections. If the Warriors are going to repeat, and this is what you're kind of talking about in terms of depth, they're going to need one or two of these guys or both. Kaminga and Wiseman take a leap step. Right. These are the two most talented young guys that they have. They're two of the most athletic, largest players in the NBA. And they have specific roles that Steve Kerr and the coaching staff have essentially told them to do. With Wiseman, just be a big man, dunk the ball, and get better on defense to where you can stay on the floor for 15, 20 minutes. Can he do that? He does that. 
They're going to be amazing. That gives Looney, so he doesn't, like, Looney, if Looney plays 82 games again, we're, it's probably not a good thing, uh, considering he's already got a contract and the way the way his career has gone. And I, know, then we, I know he's beyond the hip things, but I'll always think about the hip injuries. With yeah. Him. And every player, right? Like, you don't want, especially in today's NBA, you don't want a guy to play 82 games. If, if like, with me last season, every time I saw Steph play a game, it's too much. Everything, anything over 65, 66 games, right? Same with those guys. And Looney's at that point. So Ken Wiseman get there. Kaminga's the guy I think I'm more confident on taking a leap um, uh, athletically and, and, and mentally just because he has, he's done it. Like you said, he's done it last season. We've seen him succeed in 20-minute stretches, 30-minute stretches against different teams. Uh, can he do that now consistently? Can they actually rely on him? Because what they did last season was essentially say, well, if JTA and Damian Lee and some of these guys aren't playing tonight, we'll just throw coming out there and see what happens. I think Warriors might be at a point where they're saying we have to play coming in 15, 20 minutes now versus, yeah, we're just going to bench him if it all goes wrong and we'll just see what he's got. Now it's they're actually relying on him a little bit more to actually play some of those minutes. Yeah, um, more at the four. Unless they plan to play Wiggins more at the four this year because I actually like their wing depth. If you think about it, um, obviously Steph, Clay, Wiggins start, but behind them, I feel really confident that Poole, Poole's going to play both guard spots a lot of minutes. Um, but then you also got Dante DiVincenzo and Moses Moody. Like that's a lot of minutes um, to, to be had there. So, yeah. And then the, uh, the last one for me or is, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it could be, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me, dude. It wouldn't surprise me if Kaminga just didn't play for stretchers. Same with Moses Moody or Wiseman. It just wouldn't surprise me if they just play, like play last year, games. like they were like, yeah. in, you know, they play 20 minutes a game for 10 games. Then all of a sudden they're out of the rotation for yeah. five. Yeah. Hey, if it's one thing we know Steve loves, it's going to be Jermichael Green. He's going to love him some Jermichael Green. I don't know if he's going to be good or not. Feels Joe's, like he's going to be Joe's going to be texting bomb at 3 a.m. being like, can we trade him? I need to open up minutes for Kuminga for Kuminga. Exactly. Like I can see that happening where the fan base is frustrated because Jermichael Green's out there, you know, uh, he's a winning player, I think. The, but, but you know, sure, he, but he's not so, as exciting as a twenty-year-old who gets his head above the rim. And I mean, it, it's true. Wiseman and Kuminga do like some really breathtaking stuff. So I get it. I don't know if those two are winning players, but that's why I put them there. If they can take a leap and they become winning players in their roles, the Warriors are set up for success. The last one for me uh, is Moses Moody. Uh, can Moody he moves. be? <laughs> can he become? Because I, with Dante DiVincenzo, I just have no idea. I, I could be honest with you, I didn't watch him last season. I, last time I watched him was, was in Milwaukee, and he looked great. But since then, he's had injuries. He's had kind of a weird mid-career uh, falling out so far. And, uh, you know, if he plays better, he gets a big contract next year. But the guy that I'm looking at that makes the, the winning impact is Moses Moody. And I think that's probably the guy that if they can get him to become a version of GP2, not really play style, just but when you watch GP2, he's a winning player. Right? Every time he plays 15, 20 minutes, he's making all the right plays. He's making a big three. He's getting defensive stops, great help defense, all that, all that shit that coaches love. But that actually matters in these games. Moses Moody, I think, has a higher ceiling to do that versus players like Kaminga and Wiseman. I don't think he ends up being as great a player in a, in a vacuum as, for example, Kaminga. But for next season, he's the guy that I think becomes GP2 in terms of a role player with winning impact. So I think he actually becomes that. I'm not even asking the question. I think he just becomes it. And if the Warriors get that player, we're not just talking about regular season. Dude, we're talking about postseason. A guy what if that's, he's, what that's if he's Danny enough. Green next year? Like yep. that's, that's a 
realistic. Like I, I think he has higher, a lot higher upside than that, particularly as a playmaker. Off the um, dribble. Yeah. But but like maybe maybe he can do that sort of thing next year and be a playoff player by the end of the season. That's the guy to me. I'm 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 looking forward to. He might be getting the minutes that DiVincenzo might be getting. Um, he might be getting the minutes that that maybe even Michael Green, different positions. But, you know, with today's NBA, everybody plays kind of the same thing. So he's a guy. That's the third one. I kind of just named every single player <laughs> on the team. But that's the last one where, I, where in terms of depth, continuity, role player, that's the guy that becomes the super versatile uh, elite role guy for me. Nice. Okay, we can cut it. No, no reasons to say the negative. No, just kidding. <laughs> We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So, um, with that said, here are my here are my three reasons why the Warriors uh, won't win next year. You know, uh, like we, we need to call this stuff out, and it's, it is what it is. So, the number one reason why the Warriors won't win a title next year is health. For me, on the one hand, I look at Steph playing sixty four games, Draymond playing forty six games, and Clay playing thirty two games, and I go. They should play more. Maybe Steph doesn't play more, but Draymond and Clay should play more. The reality is they're older. Um, at some point, they're going to become old. And what if it's this year? What if this is the year that health starts getting to them? You know, um, Steph was very close to his foot just ruining his postseason. He came back. He had a amazing playoffs and incredibly exceptional finals. But like literally, Marcus Smart rolls a little harder on his foot in March. None of that happens. So um, ultimately, I'd say if health is your biggest worry, you're in a good spot because what you're saying is you have the talent to win. You just need the guys to be healthy come playoff time. Okay. Um, this, yeah. this, is, this is where ours is. I'm going to combine mine with yours because this is becoming pretty similar, right? Because one of my top three ones is Draymond Falls Apart. Okay. So if he's a guy that I'm not really worried about Steph. Cause that, that Marcus smart thinks a fluke. He rolls on him. Cool. It he is snaps, a fluke, snaps but it is still health. You know, I mean, 2006, I 2016 was a fluke because Domanis, uh, Monty, Monty Unis, yeah. Slipped and got sweaty on the floor. Yeah. Everything about 2016 was about fluke sweat. So, yeah. you know, health matters. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Agree. The one that I think that's more non-fluky, and I think we might see it coming, is Draymond falling apart. It, it's the it's the one where can Draymond stay healthy enough, and it's not a fluke. It's not about if Draymond's going to slip and fall. It's not about. It's more about the wear and tear and who he is as a player now in today's NBA because he has to play. Not that Steph doesn't play hard or Clay doesn't play hard, but the way that Draymond plays. No, there's more his, physicality involved mm-hmm. in his style. Yeah. The way that he has to play, the way that he has to be elite defensively, mm-hmm. I think puts his body in a much worse place than it is for the rest of the guys. And we still don't know how his back fell apart. I, was it a certain play? They never said. It just felt like, well, all of a sudden he can't play today and boom, he's out for half the season. What even happened? Nobody knows what happened. And he comes back and, and they, he was saying how he had to strengthen his whole body. He didn't know if he could come back, right? And then boom, he's back on the court and he's, he's fine. But we don't so, know if that happens again. Sources say he hurt his back from lifting too much clutch propaganda. Oh, all right. Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, he's been doing it all season, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. So I think the Draymond stuff is it's, it's we've been asking that for years. Sitting here, you and I, and and all the fans have been sitting here and asking, like, can Draymond keep doing this? And yeah. all that matters is the sixteen postseason games. But you still, you've still got to play the you still got to play the regular season. Yeah, and, and I mean, you, yeah, and, and I, I mean, it's one of those things where it's like we always feel confident about Steph and Clay's aging, but Draymond just he's an undersized big who needs to play physical. Like there's always a, a level of risk, right? Yeah. Can't, how bad can his offense become? Um, Cause it's not getting better. Unless he, <laughs> unless, well, unless he starts making threes, which you and I, how many, how many threes would he need to make for a defender to actually guard him? Uh, well, you and I sat here on the last rewatch and, and somebody asked us, do you think he's going to get more dunks than threes next season? And I'm just like, he's going to get more dunks, but then, but then it's like, is he actually more athletic enough to actually dunk the ball? So is it actually just going to be layups now? A lot of finger rolls, a lot of finger <laughs> rolls. Um, uh, I think it's a fair question. My th- That's why my number one, too, along with help with you, is that Draymond falls apart. And uh, and as much as it's it's funny or annoying to see Draymond talk about LeBron all day, he is the second most imp- uh, important player on the team. Uh, he carries the defense, and if he falls apart, I don't care if you have Wiggins. I don't care if Wiseman becomes Rudy Gobert on defense. Uh, I don't care who you have. I don't care if you have GP2 back. Your defense uh, is not good Weisman enough. If Wiseman becomes Gobert, it might be good enough. But, <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, your point. I mean, he's he's their interior defense. I'm he's sorry, everything. he is. He's everything. You know? He's so, everything. Yep. So um, they would need to replace him um, if he was no longer able to captain the interior defense. Um, and I love Looney, but I don't think he's ready to do it. I, I, not for 40 minutes a game. No, he's just not good enough to do it the way that Draymond does. No, really he's great to do it for stretches, though. He's become right. so good. Um, okay, my number two uh, is drama over contract and roles. And I, let's be honest, I'm particularly talking about Draymond and uh, Jordan Poole, but also Wiggins comes into this and Clay a little bit, too. Um, we know Jordan Poole wants to start. No one can blame him because he's objectively good enough guard to start in this league. He just happens to be on a team with two Hall of Fame guards in front of him. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a Mm -hmm. unique situation. Um, And he's playing for a contract. You know, he is. He's not. And he's made no money in his career. Yeah, he he hasn't got the big contract yet. Like for young players, this is the most important contract they're going to sign. You know, 
you hope to have the long-term career like Steph, but you don't know. But that one big contract is security. It's all you so, need. That's all you like a hundred million dollars. It's, it's all you need. Right. And I think sure. he's not James Wiseman uh, or Kaminga or like Wiseman's getting paid 10 plus million dollars a year. Jordan Poole is getting paid how much the past couple of seasons does occur. Yeah. Two. It's a it's lot not, of money, Sam, for you yeah, and I, but still. Yeah. But either way, like if you know anything about Jordan Poole, you know, he thinks he's a star. Uh, his play indicates he's a star too. And um, he wants that contract. And last year he got to start and he had to come off the bench. Now he's just probably come off the bench. It'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, well, hold on, because I think this is the biggest one. The Jordan Poole one is the biggest one. Um, he didn't want to come off the bench in the postseason. We all know that. This is why uh, Steph came off the bench. And Steph kind of iterated. Get, to the, Steph doesn't get enough credit for that. Like right? If if, right? The, if the NBA was covered like the NFL, everyone would talk, be talking about how he's the greatest leader of all time. Because he is. Because mm-hmm. he, in a different world where he demands to start maybe everyone doesn't buy in and maybe they don't win a title. But a big part of the reason they want a title was everyone bought into their role. And it's easy to buy into your role when the Hall of Fame top 10 player of all time is willing to sacrifice. What do you, what do you think happens if Steph uh, had a KD personality last season? What do you, what do you think happens? Do you think the team, <laughs> you think the team wins think a the champion? Te- I think the team goes sideways when Clay comes back and Draymond yeah. gets injured and they're chaotic. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think anyone else is able to steer that ship. Honestly, yeah. like you throw LeBron into that category too. Sure. We've watched him just kind of roll his eyes at those situations. Um, Dre, I think LeBron's like, get, get Jordan Poole out of here. Get, get him. Yeah, get, exactly. Let's get a, let's get yeah, a couple exactly. vets in there. Ironically, Poole fits with LeBron's specific game, but the, the oh, concept, so you know? Well. Yeah. So he, he's a Kyrie to his, <laughs> yeah. to his LeBron, right? In, in so many words. Uh, again, this is not to blame Jordan Poole. This is, this is the situation. At, this is just the situation ahead when you have so many good players. And you have a you have a kid that's so the reason why Jordan Poole is so good is he's so confident and he's so arrogant. That's the same reason why Steph and Draymond and Claire are so good. They're so confident, so arrogant. And Jordan Poole, I think, is really built the same way. Is that he believes he's the best player on the court when he is on the court. Whether that's true or not, that makes them so much better. But to your point, the drama, I think, does become, and it's not just him. We're gonna get to the rest of the players here. Yeah. Uh, a it's- distraction. It's too early to say if that's going to be a thing, but there is potential for it to be a thing right now. Um, I'll also throw Wiggins into it. Wiggins wants another contract. Wiggins has Wiggins isn't dramatic, but he's had a propensity to disengage when he's unhappy. Talking about Minnesota, everyone thought he didn't care. He didn't try. When he, when he, when he's unhappy, he floats. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so what happens if he's the odd man out or he gets low-balled or he feels like he's not going to get the contract he wants? Does he start disengaging during the season? Does he do what DeAndre Ayton did last year? I don't know. Mm. That's part. That's the thought. And then Draymond. Draymond's yeah. a guy who does not disengage. Draymond will tell you how he feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like he's already campaigning for a big contract. Um, and on the one hand it's hard for the Warriors to justify that given his age and his injuries. On the other hand, they don't have a, they don't have someone who can captain the interior of the defense on the roster yet. Maybe, maybe Wiseman or Kaminga can do it in a year. Maybe they can't, but until they get a replacement, he is kind of irreplaceable to the team. So all this is to say, we'll see what happens with camp comes. If they sign the early extensions, the best case scenario would be guys agree to early extensions and there's no drama. Um, I kind of don't think it's going to happen. I think 
and I think it's going to be a lot of guys wanting to prove it. Jordan Poole is going to want to prove to the league that last year wasn't a fluke, that he's a guy who deserves big money. Wiggins, you know, he he obviously wants to stay with the Warriors because he found his perfect situation, you know. Uh, and then Draymond obviously wants his thing. So I think it all it all points to you know, there's potential there. This is this is probably the hardest part of Kerr and Steph's job, in my opinion. Um, it, being able to keep the noise out and keep everyone focused. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Sam Sources believes that there will be no extensions before the season starts. I have no sources on that. I, it's just my gut feeling is... All those play Jordan Poole is going to probably want a bigger number than the Warriors are ready to give him right now. So he's going to probably go prove it. Um, Wiggins. I think I just, I just think, I think he's the one that if, if someone signs, he's the one. I could see that. Yeah. I just think all three of the, I will see, we'll see October will be the moment. I just, it feels like all these guys are going to play it out to free agency and then they're going to do the Iguodala thing where remember the Warriors get wanted one, get a contract. Yeah. Find us someone something. who's yeah. And then he does. And then the Warriors like, okay, we'll match that. You know, yeah. um, I, I'm not yeah. necessarily concerned about the Warriors losing them as much as they're way over the cap and they're trying to get the, they're not trying to overpay these guys. They're trying to pay them fair market value. And the only way to they're, find fair market value is to go on the open market. They're not, they're, they're getting fair market value on, I, th- okay. So I, here's how I would rank the three guys. I would say Jordan Poole, they're going to have to pay what Jordan Poole is going to get out he's there. He's the most Jordan, likely to get the largest payday from other teams because of his And age. he's not taking a discount. You know what I mean? Like he gets 130 million from Orlando. Actually, can he, Sam? You got to correct me. Like, can he get 130 million from Orlando? That's the question, right? Because he, he, of course, can get more from the Warriors than anyone else, right? But whatever is the max that he can get out there, are the Warriors willing to pay that? That's the question with Jordan Poole because he will get the max amount of money. Someone will come. It reminds and say, me a little of uh, James Harden in with OKC. OKC. Remember, they go to the finals. He was really good in the playoffs. Not so good in the finals, but amazing against the. He's better than Russ against the Spurs yeah, yeah, in yeah, 2012. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Oklahoma State traded him early because he wanted a max and they weren't willing to give it to him. And now the the big difference is Oklahoma City was cheaper and they were worried yeah, about stuff in the Warriors. So I don't think the Warriors right. are going to go down that path and this, right. this off season or anything, but it's like, it reminds me of the scenario where this guy, if he was on 29 other teams, he's a starter, but because he's on this specific team, he's coming off the bench and um, he did it in big moments in the playoffs. And he did, um, you know, the, there's going to be some of that uh, to your question on Orlando. Can they, uh, can they clear the cap space to get him? It looks a little dicey here. They might have, but, to- but I'm sure they could. But it's like, what is the maximum amount of money that they can pay them versus the point where the Warriors, Joe Lake, what if Joe Lake has the amount of money that he says he can't get to, right? And, I, and yeah, yeah, the- I hear what you're saying. Okay, yeah. yeah. So like that's that's the question. I don't I don't know what that is. I feel like I feel like yeah, you you would know, but like I, I, I think that's the question. Which point is also, 
if he comes back on a big contract, is Jordan Poole going to say, well, I'll come back on it, but I have to start. <laughs> then what, what does that become? I just think that's the biggest question. Um, yeah. among, I mean, it's, right. It, it is, you know, if he, can I start? Okay. So is clay playing the three. So what about right. Wiggins is okay. He's playing, right. the, we're playing small. Like there's, there's a lot of questions. Um, like I said, big job for Steph and Kerr to keep everyone at least on the same page for the season. Um, yeah. You know, things will fall where they may in the off season. Uh, but I think, I think you and I agree on this one. It's less about the money. Well, it's, it's always about the money, but it's like, it's kind of hard to have six starters. You know what I'm saying? Like at some point, one of them is going to have to be like, I'm okay coming off the bench. And right now they're asking the youngest guy who hasn't necessarily gotten the individual accolades to sacrifice when maybe it should be a veteran who does it, you know? Yeah. I, I think that's, that's hard. That's hard. And I think that's where this question comes into play. I don't think it'll come into play when the Warriors are in the postseason because they've already done it this this postseason where it's hey, you think they end lock, of the day you think they lock in when it's playoff time. End of the day, you got you just gotta lock in. But if it affects if it affects the regular season, I can absolutely see that. But we essentially saw Jordan Poole not be aggressive after he got after he got uh put on the bench when Clay came back. We saw that. Um, and it's not to say that him and Clay don't get along. That's just it's just how it is when you've got that type of mentality. Uh, I think the other the other couple guys is I think Andrew Wiggins is probably like the less the less uh, I'm worried about where where it's it's hard to see him acting out. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, I, just the visual of him like yelling at someone over his minute. Like I just can't see. Like it's kind of funny also, to think. About. I don't I don't think <laughs> other teams are gonna say we're gonna give Andrew Wiggins the max, and and if they do. Then all of a sudden the Warriors are gonna say, Well, we'll give you the max. We're also willing to let you go, but we'll give you sorry, we won't give you the max, but we'll give you something a little bit less. Are you willing to take a discount? I think Wiggins is probably the guy that's, that's probably willing to do it. Draymond's the guy that I have no idea. Is he willing to take like what is he question well, it, one? It, what is he getting out there? What is yeah, he getting? I mean, Two, what are the Warriors willing to, to give him? I guess if we go by the three, here's how it's gonna go. Yeah, bad teams who are young and need a lead guard will throw whatever money at Jordan Poole because all of them. Yeah. Like, like Orlando, we all saw the picture, but how much sense does he make with Paulo Bancaro and Franz Wagner? And like, that's their young big three it's and they're going to build fit. around. Yeah, exactly. It makes sense. I would have said Detroit made all the sense in the world, but they took Jade Ivy, but like him with K my point is a young team. Who's like, he's 23. So he fits our timeline would, would go for him, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Wiggins is like if you're a team who thinks you got a couple core pieces and you need that third guy third to be like guy. the yep. yeah to be like Cleveland. the third option yeah exactly well maybe honestly them getting Donovan Mitchell might have taken him out of the Wiggins sweepstakes and I, that was honestly my biggest takeaway for the Warriors when that trade went down I was like damn this helps the Warriors because Cleveland was the obvious like you got Garland you know you got Evan Mobley who's like the budding star. Um, they just need the wing, you know, like the perfect spot yeah, for Wiggins. Coral's right? not that guy yet. Yeah, Wiggins is perfect. Low maintenance, make a couple threes, pretty fits damn elite fits, defensively. Fits on both sides of the ball with what you want to yep. do. And yep. but then Homecoming. they went and got Donovan Mitchell, and I don't know if they're gonna have the money to okay. like so so you know that's it. But but the point stands like teams that want Wiggins are teams that have like their one two punch and need him to be like the you know the the wing stopper who gives you. 15 and on a, on a random night, he'll get 25, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then Draymond's the last one. Um, and, and those, we... te- yeah, those teams are hard to come by. Like I could see Dallas wanting Wiggins, honestly, uh, but I don't think it's they have the fit. money. So there's, there's a lot, you know, 
And and then yeah, Draymond's the the hardest one because I can't see any team giving him over twenty. Honestly, like name them, name the team who wants Draymond. Uh, All the teams who want Draymond are good teams who are capped out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm sure Boston would love Draymond, but there are they, all they have is a mid-level exception. You know, so are you are you are you throwing picks away to clear space, which is uh, right? It's a risky situation. Does Draymond want to be there? Uh, and then the, I think the final question is: Is Steph going to say, "Hey guys, we're signing Draymond. I don't care. I don't care what happens. You guys are signing Draymond Green. We've won four titles together. He is my guy. They mm-hmm. love each other." They want to play with each other for the rest of their careers, both of them. Uh, well, they just have so much synergy. Yeah. Like their their play styles are basically built off each other. If so. you're Steph, you're sitting there and you're saying, who's the guy that's going to screen for me? Who's the guy that has my back defensively? If you're Draymond, you're saying, well, I get eight assists a game because of this guy. He makes my life easier because I can play four on three every single step of the way. Draymond's not an idiot. He's the furthest from that. He understands mm-hmm. that. So I think a lot of this is posturing for Draymond. I think Draymond's probably going to gonna be the guy that hits, hits reality. Reality's going to hit him, I think, the most. Jordan Poole's going to get paid. Andrew Wiggins is going to get paid. I think Draymond Green's the guy, given what he wants, reality's going to get hit. And this goes hardest. back to my point. If Draymond feels like he's not getting what he wants, Uh-oh. there's potential for drama. So um, I, I don't know. I just think if you're, if, you're, if you're asking me potential red flags, contract drama, is a big one for this big team. One, the one. last one is front court depth. I'll give you an actual basketball one. The, the first two are the fir- the first one's a cop out. It's like yes, if Steph hurts himself, they can't win a title. The second one is interpersonal. The third one for me is basketball front court depth. Um, Draymond, we know Draymond can play in the playoffs. We know Looney can play in the playoffs. Jamichael Green is is off of a bad year. Um, He's proven he can play in the playoffs, but, you know, we don't know if he'll bounce back. I think he will. I think he kind of just had bad luck shooting it. Uh, But after that, Wiseman didn't play last year, and when he did play, he looked every bit the part of a project. And Kuminga didn't play in the playoffs because he wasn't ready to play at that level. That's a lot on Draymond's shoulders. That's a lot on Looney's shoulders. Their front court depth is my biggest basketball question mark for them. I understand they have to clear minutes for Wiseman Kuminga, and I don't think it's a bad idea. I just wonder if if they get to the trade deadline and both those guys look unready to play in the playoffs, do they make a move? Do they find someone to, to stir that up or, or not? Because to me, if there's one basketball weakness here, it's not even a full weakness. It's just like I think they have good wing depth. I think they have good guard depth. I don't think – I think the front court depth is just – very unproven. Hold on, though. Is this an 82-game regular season question, or is this a postseason question? I think it's a postseason question that they'll get worn down. I think it's a um, – I think it's – Otto Porter was a little hurt in the playoffs last year. He still played almost 20 minutes a game in 19 of the 22 games. He did start a lot of games. He did give them a lot of reliable minutes. They were – they were very thin is all I'm saying. I, I just, I don't want to see this scenario where Looney and Draymond are a little more banged up and they just don't have someone else to go to. I, we had the same, I had the same questions last year, which is why I slammed. I was every week I was saying, get a big, get a big, get a big. And everyone's watching the postseason. like, why do they need a big? It's not about for me, the postseason that they need a big to play in the postseason. They need a big so that they can soak up minutes Zaza style going into the postseason, right? So I think that's – I agree okay. with that. 
I, uh, yeah, I, I that's think... kind of thinking of it a different, but no, I don't, I, I like that point. Cause like, cause your point, Wiseman, Kenny, we don't know. We, actually, I'm more confident in Kaminga being able to play three, four, the three, four soak up minutes in the regular season. We don't know with Wiseman. Is he able to soak up minutes at the five for the regular season? He's probably the guy that's least likely to soak up minutes because he hasn't played minutes in three years. Right. So I would have, yeah, there's, also- there's legitimate, whether you're bullish or bearish on his upside, there are just health. There are just availability question marks. Like, okay, just, it is what it is. So question is, can they do that? My, my, can a guy just play like Aaron Baines is going to be able to, although actually he has his own health concerns. That's a bad example, but a guy that can just play 80 plus games in the regular season for me, uh, it's similar to, to front court. But for me last season, GP two was huge. Auto Porter was huge. Uh, a lot of these role guys were huge. Even Damian Lee, JTA played pretty decent minutes in the regular season. My fear is that they don't have enough role players that are good enough. Jamaica Green, is he cooked? He shot 20% from three last season. Dante DiVincenzo, injury prone the last couple of years. Is he good enough? He presumably could be, but, but is he good enough? We don't know. He's definitely not good enough defensively as GP2. Then you go down the list. I love Moses Moody, but we don't know. Same with Kaminga and Wiseman. Those guys are athletic and great, but we don't know. That's a lot of question marks on guys that I think uh, do need to be good to not only get through the regular season, GP2 played 20 plus minutes against Boston, right? To win that yeah. series. I don't, I, I think they still beat him without GP2, but he was pretty damn good when he was on the floor. Um, and I think are those role guys good enough? Uh, is is hundred percent a question mark. Cause we can't sit here and say that Dante is good enough to play in the postseason. We have no idea. And then when we saw Kaminga play, uh, certainly wasn't good enough against Memphis. I don't know what he was doing out there. And then Jermichael Green's a guy that's just old. He didn't play after that. So yeah, <laughs> right. And, and again, it's like, it's not his fault. Kid's 20. You're going to throw him into a game like that. Game five, you're going to throw him into a game like that. I'm not sure what you're supposed to do there. So we don't know. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be back on Wednesday. Appreciate you guys very close to camp. Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.